I think we've been saying that the whole time. This is a localized deal. And another shocker, the places that are going to be hardest hit, low income. This whole pandemic shutdown ridiculousness, it didn't really hurt the wealthy. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant, who is home. Yay. So excited. (laughs) Out of the RV, off of the road, back home, just in time for a, a little... I don't know, current events show. Or a lot. Heather? Yeah, I'm like a little I mean, or a lot. There's a lot going on right now. So much going on. I think I've made it pretty clear that I kind of hate the news, but <laughs> we have to keep abreast of what's going on with real estate at least. Mm-hmm. Right now, some of that runs into the political realm, unfortunately, because I am again an equal opportunity hater of nearly every politician on the planet. But we've got to talk about this stuff because this stuff is, I mean, it's relevant to everyone listening, relevant to everyone who owns real estate. Very, very relevant. Yes. Heather, what should we start with? We have four four different things we're going to talk about today. So we're going to try really hard to bust our way through these as quickly as possible and tell you guys what this stuff means, at least in my opinion about what it means. Well, we'll link them in the comments too on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere we post this, we'll link these articles that we're talking about so you guys can read them as well. I think we should start with that debt one. It's the title, Ron was joking, the tsunami of deferred debt is about to hit homeowners no longer protected by the foreclosure moratorium. So kind of, as you said, clickbait, Ron, like get people to read it and get all hyped up about it when really it's... Yeah, the article Over actually two calms down. Homeowners are delinquent on their mortgages. <laughs> Billions in federal aid has yet to be distributed. And why? Because the government literally can't do anything right. I mean, yeah. they can't even give away money, people. <laughs> that is how completely inept they are. Yes. I mean, this is unreal how inept they are. Yeah. I talked to one of our sellers this last week who said, I just got extra money from the government I wasn't expecting and I'm looking for a charitable cause to put it into because he said, this is ridiculous. They sent me this money. So I can, the giving away of free money is uh, it's riddled. They're, they're just a check arrives, no explanation, <laughs> yeah. no clue why you got it. And yet the people who actually need the money to be able to pay their rent can't mm-hmm. get it. Like I, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. So true. That's kind of backwards for sure. Guys, we should literally, literally, we should vote every single person who holds an office out of their office for dereliction of duty. I don't care if you like them. I don't care if they're your party. I don't care anything. We should vote every freaking one of them out of office because they are pathetic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about actually what this is. 
I'm sorry, I would get on a rant. These people really irritate me. So there's about 1.8 million homeowners that are still in forbearance. So there was way more than that. Most of them have caught themselves back up. And let's briefly take a time out here and explain what forbearance means if you don't know, because part of the problem, as described in this article in the Washington Post, is people had no idea what this meant. They thought it meant I don't have to pay my mortgage. Yeah. That's what they thought it meant, Heather. Yeah. They didn't have to pay their mortgage. Rude awakening, banks always get paid. Mm -hmm. So like they're going to get their money. That's how this works. Okay. So Congress approved $10 billion in assistance in this, like how many trillion have they spent, Heather? I mean- Oh they my gave gosh. It's 10 depressing. billion, which is a rounding error of the money to help people. And the people can't even get it. Yeah. Sitting on hold is what I've heard. Sitting on hold for hours and hours trying I to mean, get yeah, the unemployment I mean, benefits. This is so stupid. Okay. So it talks about this massive problem that we're going to have this wave of foreclosures right now. People have been talking about this now for a year and a half, they've been talking about the real estate market is going to crash for now. And they oh, thought it was going to crash like in three months. Then it didn't. Then it was six months. Then it didn't. And then it was a year. Then it didn't. And now it is, I mean, any day, right? As soon well, as this happens, any day. And we've seen the opposite. I mean, it's harder to get a property. Properties have gone up in price. So it's really interesting, the yeah doom and gloom part of it combined with what has actually been happening over the last 18 months. So they talk about this lady um, who says, quote, for them to allow us to do the forbearance, it was a blessing. But then when you think you got to make all those payments all at once again, eventually, that's when it really wakes you up. Uh-huh. Yeah, no crap. <laughs> they forgot to tell you that piece, right? It probably would have just been better if you had made your mortgage payments yes. all along the way. Mm-hmm. And gone out and gotten one of these, you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs that are sitting out there that literally no one is taking. Can't freaking hire anybody because they won't cool. work. I know a lot of investors who put their loans in forbearance on their rentals in the beginning because they weren't sure what was going to happen. I have a lot of clients who did that. They just said, well, I'm just going to do it just in case things go really bad for me. And in the end, they ended up paying it back already because you can't qualify for financing with loans and forbearance. So it kind of corrected itself with investors in a lot of ways. Yeah, I had a, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I had a partner who had an apartment complex and the bank literally called him up and was selling him on taking a forbearance. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. I need a forbearance. He didn't call them. They called him, which is crazy, right? And then he went to try to get another loan and (laughs) they were like, you can't do that. You're in forbearance. He's like, well, I didn't want to be in forbearance. They they like forced it on me basically. And then he paid it back, like you said, and away we went. But anyway, so they talk about these 7.2 million borrowers that entered forbearance and we only have 1.8 left, right? So they talk about this huge problem and talking about it now for months and months and months and months. Well, the problem has shrunk down to 1.8 million. Now that's still a substantial amount of people, no question about it. But I mean, come on, let's put this thing into some kind of a realistic, I don't know, challenge. Yeah. 
they said in the article, one of the things that's hilarious in the article says there's a really big problem with servicers not accurately explaining the post forbearance options, such as loan modification to permanent deferral of all those things are necessary to bring the loan current. I've been saying this for the whole time. The banks yeah. are healthy. Mm -hmm. Heather, why in the world would a bank fork? Why would they go through all the trouble to foreclose on a property? Banks are in the business of owning property. Yep. When they can just take the forbearance amount, put it on the back of the loan, probably charge them some kind of a fee for it, and then have them start making their mortgage payments. Exactly. More interest. I mean, when the, the banks aren't going to lose money. They're not stupid. Mm -hmm. This is a money-making deal for them. Any way you cut it. So out of the 1.8 million, Heather, you have to assume out of there that there's a lot of them, a lot of them that have equity in their property. Yeah. Especially with how things have been going. Yeah. Let's see what it says here. The projections estimated 900,000 homeowners will exit forbearance by the end of the year. Right. So huh. the number is going to potentially get cut in half. We're at a historic low for inventory. And I mean, I just don't see where the headline, where's the yeah. tsunami? When yeah. you chop 1.8 million in half and you've already chopped it down from 7.8. Yeah. Where's the tsunami? Why the hell the headline? That doesn't make any sense at all. And in the middle of a pandemic to go from 7.8 and cut that nearly down to 10% of what it was, right? I mean, that's insane that we've been in this volatility for this long. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The headline doesn't match the content, like you said. It really doesn't. They've been treating this as a national problem, Heather, mm -hmm. the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. I think we've stated, I think you and I have stated multiple occasions, this is not a national problem. Yep. This is nowhere even close to what we had before. The banks aren't going to be dumping properties right and left all over the place, even if they do foreclose on some of these people. Yep. They don't have to. They're healthy this time. So the rules are, have changed. In addition to that, they put this rather handy map on here. I wish we could show this map because it shows via a heat map. So dark red is over 10% mm -hmm. of the loans that are 90 days past due. And if you actually look for the orange to dark orange to red to, I don't know, what is that? Black? Does it go all the way to black? No, it it's doesn't. Really it's really dark. Really, really deep red. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little colorblind guy. So count on Heather to correct me on this stuff. But <laughs> it starts talking about areas where there is a massive amount of these mortgages. Hey, shocker. There are isolated areas that mm -hmm. have a huge percentage of these. Yeah. I think we've been saying that the whole time. This is a localized deal. And another shocker, the places that are going to be hardest hit, low income. Shocker. Just like this whole pandemic shutdown ridiculousness, it didn't really hurt the wealthy. It didn't hurt the upper middle class. It hurt the middle class and the low income people. That is who it hurt. Yeah. And as much as the government wanted to tout all of the money that they spent, most of that money went to wealthy people. Most of the trillions of dollars that they spent of our money, mind you, now this is not the government's money, it's our money, 
They just sent it out to people who didn't need it. Like the person you were mentioning, Heather, yep. they just sent them a check. They didn't ask for it. They don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the corporate welfare that happened during this is staggering. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you look at the heat map, Houston area, basically all of Louisiana, many markets in Texas, the upper Northeast, I mean, New York, New Jersey, right. New York City, all that little like pocket. All <laughs> yeah, it's bad, really bad. Yeah. Some parts of Oregon, Northern California, LA area, parts of Florida have Miami down in that area. And then up in the north, like North Dakota, where there used to be oil. Yeah. I mean, there still is, but it's way too expensive to get it out of the ground. And who knows what the government's, I haven't been following what the government's done to them, but it's red up there, man. Like there's nothing happening. People are underwater probably up there. Minnesota, Michigan, all these places where you could have predicted it. Yeah. You, you could have predicted it. The rest of the country, not that bad. Yeah, it's true. It's not that bad. So again, this is going to be a very isolated incident. There are going to be some areas where there probably are going to be a heavy amount of foreclosures. And look, people who want to invest in those areas, probably going to get pretty decent deals is what I'm guessing. Because in the low income areas, Heather, they probably haven't seen that much appreciation. They probably don't have that much room. And so the banks are probably going to take it in the shorts a little bit on those, but they'll make it up on the other ones. Yeah, exactly. They'll have some that have some equity in them that'll make up the difference. I totally agree. Just the further separation though of the wealthy from the lower income people. I mean, it's just constantly a bigger chasm. It's crazy. Okay. Now I guess there's one line in here that kind of segues us into another one of these, right? Which is evictions are about to restart as tenants wait on billions in unspent rental aid. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So billions. our illustrious leaders are just sitting on money. They're just sitting on it. And unfortunately, that means that some residents of rental properties are, I mean, they were going to get, I guess a lot of them did get evicted when they lifted the moratorium. Now, I'm going to state something that may be an unpopular opinion. No. Heather's going to interrupt me. I'm shocked. Right? That's a shocker. <laughs> get real. Well, I, I do have a little, I have a little experience here with this because we've had some people in our properties, not, not a crazy amount, right? But we've had some people yeah. in our properties who just have abused the system, abused what this moratorium is for. I have one too. It's brutal. Yeah. You got one too? Mm-hmm. Well, tell us then. Tell us, well, tell us about it. I have a tenant that hasn't been paying rent since they contracted COVID in November of 2020. So no rent payments and she's back working, still no rent payments. And she filed, so what I, the property manager told me is that she filed paperwork with the state so they can't do anything about it until August, which we're now here. And just in time, she started making a small, not even half the month's rent payment. You so, should, shouldn't have accepted it. You should have just evicted her. Well, I it was before August 1st. It was like a couple of days before. So I just actually reached out to the property manager today and I said, I'm pretty sure her lease is up this month and not renewing. Like, get her out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> so, Look, I have enormous amount of sympathy for people who go through hard times. Yep. But that person. Exactly. Didn't. Period. 
hard stop. So there is amongst the Twitterverse and on all of the, on tons of these pages, people are house hacking using yeah. landlord's money. They are literally telling people to not pay their rent because they can't be evicted, save their money for a down payment on a house. Literally, that's what's going down right now. And some of these people aren't even that bright. Some of these people are just sitting, not working, not paying rent, and not doing anything else because no one can kick them out. They are deadbeats. And the percentage of people who at this point are actually affected by COVID, cannot get a job, cannot work because of COVID is so small. Yep. Again, it's a rounding error. Yep. There are jobs all over the country. Mm-hmm. Even in Louisiana, there are jobs and you can go get one if you want one. Now, the reason why I have almost zero, no, I actually have zero, maybe negative <laughs> sympathy for the majority of the people who are left taking advantage of this program is because in our properties, we have literally gone to the apartment with the paperwork to fill it out with them. And then we have offered to procure transportation for them at their convenience, at their leisure, to cart them down to turn the paperwork in. And they say, no. Unreal. So I have no sympathy for these people anymore. And we have evicted almost every one of them, as many as we possibly could, as soon as it lifted. So we were in line, stacked up, ready to go. And we have evicted them. And we have put in their places people who are working and are working during the pandemic, right? So odds are those people are going to continue to do so. Now, the government, by lining this up, Heather, what did they do to these people? Both sides. Yes, but they they put these tenants in this awful position. So my tenant that hasn't been paying, she owes me over $10,000. It's probably up to $12,000, $13,000, all the late fees, everything. And she owes all that money even still. So now she has an eviction she's going to have to deal with on her credit, which I don't, not on her credit, I'm sorry, on her history for being able to get another place to rent. And potentially hurting her credit, being able to buy a house. So it just makes their situation far worse, even though it sounds so attractive to say, you don't have to pay. Wouldn't that be amazing? Your biggest expense in your budget, your housing is typically everyone's biggest expense. You don't have to pay it. So the government unwittingly screwed all of these people. Yep. They basically told them, you don't have to pay your rent. And now these people are all paying the piper. And here's the thing. Landlords are pissed yep. because no one did anything for us. So we and you out there all had to continue to pay our mortgages, right? Yep. And these people didn't. And so if you think for one minute that I'm going to overlook someone who has an eviction during or just post the pandemic, You are out of your mind. I will never rent to someone like that, ever. That is just as bad as a deadbeat dad who doesn't pay their child support. I will never rent to those people because they are not good people. They're just not going to get into one of my properties. And one of these people who took advantage of this rent moratorium, the moratorium on evictions, 
screwed. Yep. Me and almost every other landlord in the country is That's going really to a hundred percent not yeah. rent to them. So where are they left to live, Heather? Exactly. It makes no sense. And it teaches such this, it's like a mirage of look, look, come to water and then we'll drown you. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> so oh. these people, unfortunately, well, the government didn't help them, did they? They mm-hmm. hurt them. The only people who will rent them are slumlords. They're the only people. So they've, they were in nice places and now they're going to be in um, trash. And yep. it's really unfortunate that they were told by so many people to do this and to all of them have, who have been saving their money so that they could buy a property. Well, I hope you buy it before the judgment hits Yep. because then you will not even qualify for the mortgage that you saved your money for, because I don't even care if you moved out, I'm still going to evict you and I am still going to get a judgment against you. And the reason that I am is so that no other landlord has to deal with what I have dealt with. And I encourage all the rest of you to do the same thing. So Heather, your person is going to move out. You're not going to extend the lease and you should still go get a judgment. You should still go get a judgment against them. I don't think you could stop me. It makes me so frustrated. When you sent me the link that they extended the eviction moratorium when I was up camping this week, I was livid. (laughs) My husband was like, what is wrong? (laughs) What is wrong? And I'll just remind you, there have been some talking head morons on the right who have been talking about Biden's CDC and the new CDC person who probably is a piece of crap. I don't really know, but... She was appointed by Joe Biden. So this is a new CDC person. Mm. Well, they're not the ones who started all of this. It was Trump's CDC. They are the ones who started this. Now, certainly the new person, whoever she is, didn't do anything about it. And she took it a step further because I don't know if you guys recall, but we've already done on this show that the Supreme Court, like they said, the CDC has absolutely no right. Yes. No standing whatsoever to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious that they think that they could. (laughs) So the CDC has the Supreme court say, you can't do that. And what do they do, Heather? They extend it longer. Hold my beer. Here we go. (laughs) Watch me do it. And it's kind of like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Supreme court. What are you going to do about it? This is the most. And look, I don't care what your politics are, people. I don't care. This is an assault on the fabric of the country. It just is. We have a separation of powers for a reason. And the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch, none of those, the CDC is not a branch of government. Mm -hmm. They do not get to make laws. They don't get to enforce laws. They don't get to do any of that crap. All they get to do is tell us what they think about diseases. That's it. <laughs> oh, you say un- it, it does unreal. sound so dumb. Like when you say it that way, like how in the world are we even, is this even happening? And what can we do about it? That's the thing that's frustrating to me, Ron, is I feel like there's not a whole lot we can do besides I'm moving forward. I've already tried to evict this lady several times and trying to get her out. Cause I know I'm getting taken advantage of. So, yeah, it's so funny. So true. So Biden actually gets up and does a press conference where he admits 
that what they've just done likely won't hold up in court. So why did you do it? You are kidding. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Wow. I, I mean, it's, it writes itself people. This is infuriating on another level. And I mean, the CDC, Biden, Harris, all of the Republicans, everybody knows that this is illegal, unconstitutional, and will not hold up in court. We already know it. And they did it anyway. My hope is that there are still plenty of states that raise the finger to this and allow us to continue to evict. There is absolutely no reason why private citizens should be forced to take it in the shorts for people who want to completely take advantage of the system. Because at this point, again, if somebody really is affected, like if you just got COVID and because of that, you lost your job. Cool. I'll work with you. No problem. Absolutely. But I think the amount of people who are in that scenario, Heather, it's probably less than 1%. Like I've said before, I find it so interesting that we can't be trusted to be human and have compassion for people who have a sickness as a tenant. We have to try to put in eviction moratoriums and all sorts of other legislation to try to have humanity for each other. Like that's the strangest thing to me because when my tenant got COVID, I didn't care that she didn't pay me rent. When I reached out several months ago and I said, is she working? And they said, yes, I was floored. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. (laughs) Yeah. There's a huge difference. And I did the same thing with my, with my businesses in my commercial property. Yep. There was one that who is an older doctor and he said, look, I can work, but it's dangerous for me to do so. Fine. We'll work with you. Right. But that is my decision. The CDC has absolutely no authority to change contract law. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just doesn't. Now we should probably end on a high note because there is good news. (laughs) That's right. I didn't even plan it that way. And we are ending on a high note. Look at that. We probably should because we spent a lot of time beating up the government, but they deserve it, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's time to put politics aside. It is time to completely eliminate this right versus left nonsense and start doing right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It is just wrong for the government to do what they are doing wrong and, 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 and unconstitutional, <laughs> completely unconstitutional. If anybody gives a damn about the constitution anymore, you got to stand up. You got to start telling these people they work for us. It's not the other way around folks. Yeah. Okay. I agree. What's the good news, Heather? Well, the good news is something big is about to happen in the housing market, Ron. Mm, And rents are at the largest gains in 15 years. Yeah, I've had to honestly think to myself, though, I wonder if that could have something to do with the eviction moratorium and that some people aren't paying rent, that landlords are going... Got to raise, you know what I mean? Like that may have something to do with it. Maybe just listen, supply and demand is, it's a real thing, folks. There's Mm -hmm. not enough supply. And so again, when the government steps in and starts messing with the economy in any way, it almost always screws it up. And almost every condition and almost every time they screw it up for the middle class and the poor, that is what they do every time. Because if there's not enough places and you've got crappy credit and the other person doesn't, guess what? True. Who's getting the place? 
Yeah. That's just makes logical sense. You're going to pick the person with the best credit. So let's talk about rents really quick. Let's, let's end on this big rent thing Okay. Okay. because I know you've seen it. We've talked about it before. You've, you've had crazy rent increases. Yeah. On my own properties. And it's been crazy because it's taken properties that maybe are good cash flow and making a great cash flow. And honestly, I've been analyzing clients' portfolios in the last three weeks, several, I mean, 10 properties or so. And most of them are coming in when we do all of our analysis as under rented, almost all of them. Three today in Memphis, I had a call with Jackie on our team and she said, this one's $300 below market rent. This one's, I mean, rents are on the rise, but so if you have a two-year lease, which all of these did, they were crazy under rented. So it affects the ability for investors to sell their properties too. So you can say, well, rents are on the rise at least, but my current tenant in there, right? So yeah. So rents are up. 5.3% 5.3% year over year. They were up 2.4% the year prior, year over year. So mm-hmm. in the last two years, rents have gone up 8%. That's incredible. That's a, that's a big number. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. Uh, rents for single family detached. So instead of all single family, detached single family, which is what, what most people think about when they think about single family, they were up 7.9% this year. Then you add the two points that there's over 10% in a couple of years. It's unreal. There's a reason why the hedge funds are buying up single family homes. And it's because as CoreLogic points out, 64% of baby boomers and nearly half of millennials say they strongly prefer to live in a single family standalone home. No shock. I think (laughs) think if we polled everybody listening, they would say the same thing. Who Mm -hmm. wants to live in an apartment building if, if you could rent a single family home? Yep. But single family homes are pricing people out and they're being forced into apartments. And guess what? There's not enough supply of apartment buildings either. And so all of the rents are increasing. But meanwhile, there is Boston has a decline, right? Of 5.9% in rent Mm -hmm. prices. So like we said, this is not a national thing. It's a regional thing. So Chicago declined in rents. I mean, it is really, really interesting how it further demonstrates, I guess, that this is not going to be this blanket foreclosures everywhere problem that people have been saying. It's not. And it also goes back to everything that we were saying. Mm -hmm. The more psycho the governments are, the less people want to be there. Yeah. There are densely populated areas that don't have the decline. Atlanta, for one. And Atlanta is a big city and they didn't see a decline. They saw an increase, right? So start to take a look, just step back and take a look at why things are happening the way that they're happening. But this inflation is only going to make things better and worse. So better for the people who own the property and worse, Mm -hmm. apparently for the people who are trying to rent the properties. And again, that is a government caused issue. And it's not a left-caused issue. It's not a right-caused issue. It is a government-caused issue. Both sides did this to us. Both. But I guess the good news coming out of this too, or something else to highlight, is that prices have been going up double-digit pace. But I mean, in this article, 
rents are right alongside of them, right? Going up along with housing prices, which a lot of clients when they first come to us are saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if, if I should just wait. But as long as the rents keep pace with that property value gain, then it's still a good cash flowing market by and large in these different, yeah. obviously it's yeah. regional, but. I mean, I think that said, you really do have to look at what's going on in certain markets because the appreciation in home prices and the appreciation in rents, they're going to be very, very localized. Yep. There are going to be some areas soon if they haven't already. I know some of them already have kind of peaked with pricing and they've started to slow down. They started to see more time on the market and offers aren't coming in in 24 hours and things like that are happening where the market isn't completely turned upside down, but things are slowing down. And I think that you have to keep that in mind as you're out there buying and you want to buy properties in the areas that don't have those problems and where rents, where there's still demand and the demand comes from jobs. The demand comes from where people are moving and not where people are moving away from. And mm -hmm. you need to understand the difference between those two. So when you read the articles, you have to actually read the article and not just the headline. Yep. It's unfortunate that whatever they say in the headline is almost never actually what the article says, but that's the reality that we live in nowadays. Which is, I guess, lesson I learned again, because I feel like I need to relearn this lesson all the time that the headline is there to catch your eye. It doesn't necessarily mean once you delve into the facts that that's actually what's happening. So Yeah. I mean, this article from Fortune that you mentioned. Yeah. Basically the headline is saying that there's this huge wave of foreclosures coming. And then literally at the very end, yep. it says, kidding, it says, Hey, everybody's got equity. It's all good. Many homeowners exiting mortgage forbearance are returning to their pre pandemic earnings and are no longer facing financial hardship associated with the pandemic. Wah, wah. <laughs> Our headline was completely misleading. Yeah. Anyway, so current events, Heather, all kinds of fun stuff happening. Yes, it is fun, fun, fun. One thing I love about what I do every day is that no two days are the same and it's interesting and exciting and I can learn something new all the time. So while I don't enjoy all the parts of the learning, <laughs> I still think it's super fun to never get stale, I guess, in what you learn and how you grow. So, so I think, I mean, what I would take away from all of these articles is that as much as there is frustration associated with these things, there is so much positive going on in the real estate market in most of the areas that again, I'm still buying. I know you're still buying Heather. We're just being careful yep. and we're looking at the numbers and we're looking at the areas where we're buying. But I think that there's still a lot of room, I guess, in the real estate market. So long as you're buying right and you're not breaking yep. any of the rules right? Keep with your principles. All right, everybody. Listen, keep the questions coming. Keep the topics coming. We're going to do a couple of shows coming up specifically for listeners who emailed in and asked questions. And our Facebook has also, Facebook group has also been asking some questions. We're going to do some podcasts on some episodes. So keep those coming in. We really appreciate the reviews, the written reviews, especially we love. Give us your honest opinion of the show. We really, really appreciate it. Until next time, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.